This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Voice of the Land podcast. This is the Rajai Davis episode, episode number 20. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold. Alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus. Can you believe we've made it to 20 episodes? Milestone, baby. We're at 20. We'll keep this bad boy going. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep building it. We're going to keep growing this thing. We appreciate, just to kind of take a second here, we appreciate everyone that's listened. I've had several people in the last couple of weeks reaching out, telling me that they've listened to the podcast. I know you've had people probably reaching out. Oh, for sure. Um, giving us, I've actually had a couple people give us some constructive feedback. We'll we'll talk about that off off mic. But we've had some people, you know, saying what they like, what they don't like, and that is exactly what we're looking for. If you listen to this podcast, reach out to us. Follow us at VTL underscore POD. You can follow Paulus on. On Twitter, where can they follow you at? Follow me at CLE underscore Paulus, P-A-U-L-U-S. And you can always follow me at Kevin and Seven. And, of course, Seven is spelled the same way as my name because I have a unique way to spell my name. So that's at Kevin and Seven on Twitter. Reach out to us. Send us messages. If you guys are even friends of ours, text us. You know, Absolutely. You know, just send us, send us something. Let us know what you like, what you don't. Always reach out. We're always open to what people want to talk about. And we actually did have uh, one of my buddies, uh, Big Timmy Goff. Yeah, you just uh, handed me your phone. So that's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, uh, everybody. You know, yeah, just... no, uh, Big Tim, big uh, big shout out there for you. But uh, we will be talking about Odell uh, there for us you know, later on in this uh, podcast there for us. So stick around for that, and uh, we'll get that all out there. Yeah, speaking of which, coming up on this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk. You know, We may get into a little bit of Odell talk at the end. We're going to get into the NBA draft. We got the lottery coming up next week, and we're gonna. There's gonna be a, a conversation that Paulus. I know you are very interested to kind of discuss here because you had, you put it out there on on Twitter, a poll out there. You had a unique question, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that for now because we're we're gonna get there. Um, kind of give you guys the plugs on where you guys can find us. Of course, listen to us on Google, Spotify, Apple, all the podcast platforms you can really think of off the top of your head. Again. We always post through Anchor. It is a great website that we found to start for free to kind of get a podcast going. If you have any interest in it, and you know, no, we're not we're not here to give free ads and stuff, but we appreciate that we found Anchor and gave us the opportunity to kind of get our podcast going. We had, and then it opens us up to more platforms. So I think that that is such a cool and unique thing. Podcasting is such a unique element to getting, whether it's sports talk, news, pop culture, whatever you are interested in, you have a passion for, and you want to start a podcast, you want to talk about it, you want to discuss it, find Anchor. And then when we post it on Twitter and Facebook and everything, I believe, and this is how it works on my phone, it pops up since I have an Apple iPhone. Immediately pops right up. It pops up the, f- the fact that, hey, go ahead and over to Apple and download or subscribe over on Apple. It, sends, it has the link right there. So most phones should be able to do that, even if you have an Android 
probably will take you to Google or whatever podcast platform you have there. Just search Voice of the Land and you'll find us. Paulus, before we get into everything today, how has your week been? Because this has been a crazy week already. It, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's been a solid week so far. You know, worked a couple of days, you know, doing the landscaping thing. So, you know, got out in the sun, got a nice little tan on going. I actually just got back from e, uh, ESPN Cleveland. I was doing the Cleveland Browns Daily Show, you know, run the board for them. Insert Thank clapping you. sound here. Thank you. appreciate that. I don't know how that'll come through or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, fantastic. Really happy to have uh, Chris Oldak there to uh, you know help me along the way. Mm. It was like my first time doing a live show in about okay. two months. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing a lot of the Columbus Blue yeah. Jackets games. And super. whenever you get behind the mic for those, super easy. You're literally clicking a couple buttons here and there, and then you're done. With Cleveland Browns Daily, along with you know any of the other shows mm. that you have to be there you know, physically and mentally there for. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you're on it. So, you know, once again, Chris Oldak, thank you very much for that, uh, for helping out and everything. I know I couldn't have done it without you mm-hmm. for that. You know, as well as uh, Gibbs and uh, Zagura, Bo Bishop, all of them. It was great. So thanks to them. Look at you making big moves, man. I'm trying, man. I'm v- trying. VTL is where, we, where we, the big moves happen. I, I had a couple of little mistakes. Down the road, those will get cleared up. I won't make them again. And we'll just keep the, you know, hey, the good fight going on. As we go through this whole process, we're going to make a bunch of mistakes. Oh, yeah. We're going to make different mistakes we never even knew we could make because it's something <laughs> we hadn't learned yet. Yeah, It's all a learning process, and that's what that's what life's all about, man. Absolutely. You know? How about you? I saw you uh, went to the uh, Indians game. You tweeted about a thousand things going on. Well, I, you know, I got to give the in-game updates, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah, trying to show my abilities to be a reporter and cut sound and just put that out there on the resume and got to go in the press box and cover the game for, um, of course, working with Matt Lodi. We mentioned it last week. You know, still, still thoughts and prayers, positive vibes out to our, especially my friend and mentor, Matt Lodi, as he does deal with stage four stomach cancer. He's he's fighting the good fight right now. And don't worry, Lodi, we are fighting right alongside you. We are right by your side. We're not going to let you fight alone. And I know there's a lot of other people reaching out to him and reaching out to everybody standing with us in the in the fight against cancer because it's never a fun thing to deal with. But he gave us, you know, gave some people the opportunity to kind of go to games this year and going to do more of that as the season goes on. Great. It was kind of it was interesting. I was told that when you kind of start doing these things, there's going to be that moment where, oh my gosh, I'm in a press box or I'm in a professional sports locker room like sure. these guys I've been watching as a fan, and there wasn't that moment. And okay. I think that's a good thing. Like, well, it means I, that you've been prepared for the moment and that right. you're already in the, you know in that moment. I felt like I, I don't want to. I don't like to give give myself much credit at all. And those the families that listen that I've coached their kids in soccer for, they know I don't take credit. I don't uh, acknowledge success very well. But I will say that I felt comfortable. I felt in the right spot. Sure. Which means to me, I'm on the right track. Absolutely. In a professional manner, in a career path manner. So it just You're where you belong, which where is belong. exactly what you need to feel in that moment. And we are right where we belong right now, doing this podcast, recording this podcast for all of you guys to listen to. So let's get into these topics right now. First, Cavs. 
the hot topic coming up next week because it will happen before we even record draft lottery on May 14th Cavs have the opportunity have they are tied with two other teams having the best opportunity to have the number one overall pick but they could also get all the way down to the sixth pick we are thinking that you really want to be in that top three to get a, a high quality player yes there are a lot of quality players in this draft but the drop off from the top to that next tier and what the Cavs need to do especially if they are going to take that transition from going all the way down basically to the from the top to the bottom of the NBA to try and build back up the proper way the top three spots are where you want to be polish your thoughts guys you're kind of looking at as well and where do you think where do you think the Cavs really do end up after this lottery well you know like you had mentioned pick six at the worst so you're looking at a much you know closer range of people three to four people that everyone has been clinging towards obviously number one Zion I mm-hmm. mean everyone wants a piece of Zion yeah. Williamson then there's a little bit of a debate as to who's number two and who would fit best for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. If we got that second or third pick, I think that you can't go wrong with you know either of them with you know RJ Barrett or John Morant. Now there's a couple of people, you know, I'm not sure exactly where you feel on Ja. Um I, I can't remember you know, I know you and I talked about mm-hmm. John Morant. Oh well, we'll get there. I'm, 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 I'm sure. gonna let you I'm, I'm sure. gonna let you go. I'll um, get there. I feel either of those two players. I mean, once again, Zion, mm-hmm. you know, generational oh, yeah. talent. We're we're safe to say number one pick. Doesn't matter who he goes to. Um, but I think if you put RJ Barrett on this Cavs team, you're looking at a scorer who's going to be shooting 24 times a game at least. I mean, he he's going to be a volume shooter. That's exactly what he you know what he is. And on the Cavaliers team, he'd probably become the best player on the team you know just starting right off I think you're looking at like a I don't know how much more talented if more talented than like a young Tracy McGrady was Mm -hmm. but I think that you see flashes of what he can do with that and then John Morant is just Russell Westbrook I mean he's Russell Westbrook to a T so I would love to have a Russell Westbrook on my team but that means that you'd have to move uh, Colin Sexton to the two and then you know keep him you know keep Ja at the one which I think could work but you're looking at you know a couple of people that are definitely going to want to have the ball in their hands how's that all going to flow I think RJ Barrett's the safe choice but Ja Morant could take you over that you know that next level yeah the natural move for Colin Sexton would be to go off the ball yeah I, there's even some people that have talked about well could he be that sixth man that comes in his issue at the point guard or being touted as a point guard was his ability or inability in the beginning of the season to make plays, understanding the offense, knowing how to go get his points, but also get other people involved and allow the offense to actually develop and move. The NBA is all about spacing. It is all about ball movement. Yes, of course, that came from the Warriors, but you've even seen it from the Spurs. Like They were doing it before it was really cool having all-star level talent just playing as a team and that's why they have so much so much success and they're in the playoffs every single year but you're starting to see this pace and space style in the NBA where you need that point guard yes they're going to score a lot 
Yeah. Scoring point guards are, are what is going on in the NBA. But guys like Steph Curry, James Harden is a shooting guard, but he's kind of the primary ball handler yeah. at times. Him and Chris Paul. Dame. Dame Lillard. Guys like that that can go get theirs and they can score in bunches. Chris Paul even when in – in, he's, in, the he's on, yeah. in the moment. In the moment. Yeah, and he can he, do it. And in his prime, he was that point guard that could yeah, go Chris get Paul his points. five, six years ago. <laughs> oh, man. Lob, so the beginning good. of Lob City was unbelievable. Yes. Yes, it was. And, again, he could go get his points, but also understood how to get others involved. And that was the growth that we saw in Colin Sexton. So a summer to work on those things even more. I think the naturals, if you go for John Morant, still the natural, and I think it could work, the natural movement for Colin Sexton would be to the two. I am a huge proponent of John Moran. I understand he went to Murray State. People are going to, as we get into this draft process over the next month, once the lineup, once the draft is actually set and we know who's picking where in the lottery, there's going to be questions about level of talent he faced. You, you heard that about guys in the NFL draft. They were Division two, and they were still being touted as like a second or third rounder where you're trying to get starters. I think John Morant proved, especially on the NCAA that stage, first round, that first I mean, round, and even in the even in the second round, I know they didn't make a deep run. He proved he belongs on a big stage, and he has that mentality. In that second round, though, they forced him to shoot, right? And it was a little troubling, you know, seeing him not score as many buckets as what I think we all thought he could have done. But he's also dealing with people that are uh, sorry to say it probably going to be bagging groceries during the school year. Yeah, and you can only you can only do so much. And the NBA and even in basketball having only five guys on the court, having one guy can be impactful. In today's league though, you got to have at least a couple You got to have multiple people. A couple yeah. dudes. You got to have multiple all-stars yes. to get you to that next level. And then supplement with talent around there. So I think jumping up to that level, his skill set just goes to the roof. Zion, of course, he's kind of at the top of the list. We don't really we've talked at nauseum about Zion Williamson, but if I if we don't get the number 1 pick, uh, there was a rumor like a couple weeks ago that if Phoenix got it, they would they would look for RJ Barrett mm-hmm. or no, not RJ Barrett, uh John Morant right, instead because of they Zion, need a point guard, yeah. Which would be a big shock if Zion doesn't go number 1 to to any team. If we don't get the number one pick, if I had, if I'm choosing between John Morant and RJ Barrett, and I'm a big Duke fan, I or not fan, but supporter, I watch a lot of their games. I'm a Mike Shashevsky fan, is what I what it sure. is. John Morant over RJ Barrett okay. all day. All day, every day for me right now from what I've seen. And that's – I 100% hear where you're coming from. And I'm honestly leaning towards R.J. Barrett just mm-hmm. because I think that we need to have that score on the team. I think Colin Sexton can prove the last game mm-hmm. of the year, I know. But he did have 10 assists that yeah. game. I think he can dish out the ball. He, oh, we yeah. just need people making the shots. And, again, we saw that growth over the season. I was having this conversation actually with Emmett Golden, mentor of mine and, and yours as as well. Mm-hmm. He was covering the Indians game as well. And we had a, a moment there 
just to kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. And we were talking about Colin Sexton's growth. And I brought up the fact that I think there were so many people that wrote off Colin Sexton so early because, again, what was fresh in our mind? We had LeBron James here. He was an 18-year-old that came in the league, and he was so talented, and it didn't seem like he was on the wrong stage or it seemed like he needed to take time as an 18-year-old to— He came straight in balling. He was a man playing a man's game at 18. Yep. That doesn't happen very often. Colin Sexton was 19. He played like a 19-year-old jumping from college to the NBA. He went through the trials and tribulations as a rookie that you are supposed to go through. It's never that easy. And by the end of the year, by that last game, he had 10 assists. So he can definitely be a playmaker. He's going to get better this offseason. He's a piece on this team moving forward, this young youth movement we have here in Cleveland. With R.J. Barrett, though, the biggest thing that I just don't like is that inability to shoot the three because Duke suffered, suffered mightily at the free throw line and behind the three-point arc in a game now that is all about spacing and shooting the three. You can learn how to shoot, though. Like, your God-given abilities right. are different from shooting. I mean, you can teach yourself how to shoot. Um, I just don't like hearing that, that uh, someone has to learn, uh, how, learn how to shoot I, I agree. if you're going to be a top-three pick in the NBA draft. Fair, and that completely fair. Um, I think we also need to look at it. Now, mind you, you know, we're just talking about three different guys right there. There's not just three different guys in this draft. There's plenty of other oh, yeah. players out there. And I just want everyone to be you know mindful of the fact if we do get the fifth or sixth pick, does that, you know, is that theoretically going to kind of sky suck? falling down. Yeah. That's it's how gonna that, feel that's like what it the sucks. reaction is. But, but it shouldn't right. because there's been reality people, check. Reality check. There's all think about Giannis, think about Steph, think about Clay Thompson. These are people that were picked the later portion of the lottery itself. So if we're guaranteed to have a top six pick, which I believe we are, mm-hmm. that just means that we're getting the best of the best. Now it just depends on what Kobe Altman and Dan feel about these certain players. There's a lot of players out here that are going to have really good and progressive and productive careers. We just need to narrow it down and find them. I think they made the right call with Colin Sexton last year. Let's see what they can, you know, keep it going, you know, with the mojo of it. Yeah. What makes or breaks professional sports organizations is your ability to identify and develop young talent. The Browns have done that. John Dorsey, Absolutely. that's why the Browns are on the right track now in these last 20, 20 years since they've been back in 1999. We have a GM that can identify young talent. We are now adding personnel directors and coaching staffs that understand how to develop and utilize that talent. It is the same thing in baseball. It is the same thing in soccer. Every single sport, including basketball. The Cavs, Kobe Altman, front office needs to identify the talent with the pick they have and the player development, the coaching staff that they bring in will need to develop those players so you get the most out of them and develop your program, your culture the right way. Still don't even have a coach yet so we're gonna we're gonna continue to be the voice <laughs> i completely gonna, forgot about we're gonna that. continue to be the the voice of the calves will be the voice of the land will be the voice of anything we just can't be the coach i i don't think we're i don't think we're i don't think we're cut out for that now uh, did you get a call for an interview i have not not yet not uh, yet I'm, I'm still, it's not yet not yet i'm still waiting 
We're yeah. still waiting. We could, we could, we could be the voice. We could, uh, well, we could be the voice. We could be the voice. We are the voice. I mean, that's what they had last year. We could, we could be the voice. It's true. They only won like 19 games though last year, so yeah. Well, two heads better than one, maybe. There we go. You know, I teach defense. You teach offense. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. I like I it. I like Let's it go. a lot. Let's go. Um, so, but we'll get more into the coaching search once we. They're just kind of interviewing a bunch of assistants on different teams, young up and coming coaches that people think could be that that next big coach or productive coach in the NBA. We'll get more into that as more news comes through on that coaching search. Switching gears a little bit, staying in the realm of basketball. A story that you kind of found interesting, a national story that will be discussed at nauseum over the summer with some local ties. Kyrie Irving, Boston Celtics lose four in a row to the Milwaukee Bucks. After Paul Pierce came out and said the series was over whenever they won game one. Yeah, he needs to stop calling himself the truth. He's all over the place, Paul Pierce. Since retirement, it does not age well for him. I don't have enough time to rant about the fact that Paul Pierce shouldn't be on TV talking about the sport that he played because it <laughs> somehow he doesn't understand the sport. And I know he has a lot of confidence in himself, but too much. His comments about Dwayne, like Dwayne Wade, saying he was that he's better than Dwayne Wade. Sorry, Flash is better than Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. Had oh, a, hand, hands. Paul down. Pierce had a good NBA career. Very good. Hall, level, of, a Hall, Hall of Fame, fame career. level. Let, career. Let's be honest. A yeah. Hall of Fame career. But there's no way you're there's, better than Dwayne. There's Wade. different tiers of Hall of Fame. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, there are different tiers. First ballot, second ballot, third. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on, oh, yeah. on down the line. You are deserving, but maybe not right away. Absolutely. So, but with Kyrie, of course, Celtics, everybody thought they were going to be a team after what they did last year without Kyrie on the team. Thought they were going to make that run with the Cavs now out, LeBron over in the Western Conference. But Kyrie and Celtics are out, losing those four in a row to Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks look strong in the Eastern Conference. You brought it up on Twitter, just thinking back, had a kind of a 2020 vision, mm-hmm. looking back is always 2020 vision type thing. You wanted to know what that you, and you posted the poll on Twitter. What was your question? Here, here's the entire question. If this is Kyrie's last game, and it was, mm-hmm. am I crazy to think that the Cavs won the trade from two years ago? And whenever we think about that, immediate reaction was, oh, the Cavs lost it because they didn't win the championship. That's the only reason why you trade Kyrie is to get all of those pieces and parts, mm-hmm. you know, to get on there. Isaiah Thomas never worked out. We got Zizek uh, from him, and we got the Brooklyn pick, and there was a couple others, you know, that were yeah. added in there. But it, it just didn't work out. So, yeah, no, that, that doesn't happen. You know, I'm sorry, Cavs lost it, blah, blah, blah. Whenever you think about it now, you know, hindsight's 2020 like you said. There it is. Hindsight's 20. Hindsight. I'm yeah, not, there, there we whole, go. I messed that whole thing up, but I don't even if care. You, We're going to leave that in if there. If you think about it, it, you have to judge it based on the last two years. Cavaliers made the finals last year. Mm-hmm. They beat the Boston Celtics minus Kyrie Irving. And then this year, yeah, this year was a downer, but you did draft Colin Sexton and he seems to be a player. Now, is he going to be the world's greatest player? Probably no. not. But he's going to be a good player. Maybe Maybe possibly make an all-star team. Who knows? Tough, we'll, we'll see about that. And tough when you are the first draft pick, top lottery draft pick, after the guy leaves, and now you have to. You're the guy 
that has absolutely. to replace the guy. And, and that's there, a tough situation to come into. Absolutely. And there are a ton of people that are actually mm. on my side about this. 67% voted the Cavaliers won the trade. My, I get it. It's probably biased, you know, because mm. let's be honest, we all hate you know, we yeah. all hate Boston. But and we'll make sure to keep the reality checks coming for as as fans ourselves, understanding how we need to look at things. So it, yeah, absolutely. But on Facebook, and I actually had a bunch of people on there as well. I uh, you can post polls on Facebook now. Yeah, it's it's weird though it's, because you can only do two, two options. Two options so yeah. far. And then you it, like it's like click on a picture, right? And well, then, you can click on a picture. I always make them pictures because pictures, you know, stand out and just looks a little bit better. Uh, but eighty six percent. 86% on Facebook mm. agreed that the Cavaliers won the trade as well. So why do you that you said they're on your side? Yes. Why do you say that the Cavs won that trade? And where did this I guess like where did this honestly, question kind of come from? It was I, I woke, thought it was random, but I honestly I woke up that it. morning and I heard that you know I was watching Golik and Wingo mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, this might be Kyrie's last day. This might be the wheels started turning in my head and you could hear them turning. It just all of a sudden hit me because everyone and their mother thought the Cavaliers lost that trade. Oh, Danny Ainge got the best of Kobe Altman and because that was Kobe Altman's first thing that he had to do was to trade Kyrie because uh, David Griff was gone. I mean, he, he just, you know, Dan didn't want to bring him back. Whatever happened with that scenario. But this was Kobe Altman's first thing he had to do on the job. He had Paul George all lined up. And then that trade got nixed by the Pacers. And then he had to go with the next best trade, which was get that Brooklyn pick. Because before Brooklyn played last season, I'm sorry, two years ago, we thought that that was a sure number one pick. Yeah. That's exactly what we thought. Ended up being the number seven pick. But we'll take that as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I'm sorry, eight. Yeah, I got you. I got you. We'll, we'll take that. Colin Sexton, yeah. I think, is going to be a good player. And now you look at it from Boston's standpoint. Boston has nothing left from that trade. It was literally Kyrie Irving, and that was it. So it's a swap for two years of Kyrie Irving over you know Colin Sexton's possibly young, up-and-coming career. I think the Cavaliers won it just based on those merits. I would tend to agree with you, and, I, and we had the conversation a little bit earlier this week. We didn't want to go too much into it because we knew we would talk about the podcast, and we know from our practice pods that we did before we actually started <laughs> posting these things that we had some great conversations, but then we would use it all up before we actually started recording. Um, but we we talked about the fact that we wanted to at least look into how much of that Brooklyn trade that Boston made a few years ago when they were getting these top picks, and even though they were making the playoffs, they were still getting lottery picks and adding young talent to the roster that we wanted to look back and see if they had anything. Now, you say that Boston doesn't really have anything left from that, so they really don't have too many assets to keep adding young talent. To play devil's advocate for a second, you could say that right now Boston is still in a better position because if Kyrie does leave the Celtics, you saw what they did without him last year with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford. They were able to play as a team. Was Kyrie the biggest issue on that team? I would tend to argue yes. 
because, 100% yes. Because just like LeBron here in Cleveland, at least, through all as much as we went to the finals, we would go through so – it was such a frustrating road after we won that championship. It just seemed like we were scratching and crawling to the finish line to get a, a good seed in the Eastern Conference and then scratching and clawing past teams we really shouldn't even been close to us to win the Eastern Conference and get on to the finals and then lose to the Warriors the last couple of years. Kyrie was the biggest problem with the Celtics. And you saw the run they made last year. Game 7, Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron, who had arguably one of the best conference finals playoff runs by any player you're ever going to see. Kyrie just destroyed all the cohesion, the chemistry that they had coming back, and he was distant from his teammates. I don't even know how much they liked him. You could argue— It's happened both here and there. Oh, yeah. You could argue, and I agree with you that the Cavs won the trade based on the direction that we're going and the ability of Boston to continue to get better. But I could say—one could say that that Boston won the trade still because if Kyrie does leave, they still had all those assets to add this young talent that can carry them, continue to carry them into the future as a top-flight, top-four Eastern Conference team. Wouldn't they rather have that number seven, or I'm sorry, number eight pick right now? Whoever they would have chosen, whether it was Colin Sexton or, or you know whoever else, you know that they would have liked at that point in time. Don't you think that they would rather have that well, instead I, of two years of Kyrie? Because they 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 didn't even get out of the second round this year. This was supposed to be the year, yeah. Because everyone got hurt last year. You know what was it? Game one, whenever Gordon Hayward went down two, you know, two seasons ago. And he didn't have what much a, of an impact this year. What a gruesome injury! But yeah. he came back and he didn't do anything. You know they right. they because had, it, you know, it they had him so coming off the bench and absolutely. We're hoping you know because we don't ever want to see anyone get hurt. Oh no! But I'm hoping that he can take a step up and come back next year. I think he has to be more of a focal point. I think. It's going to work out better now that Kyrie's gone. I think he but, will be a focal point for that team, especially with Brad Stevens as his former college coach. And absolutely. Now, if Kyrie leaves, uh, Gordon Hayward would be one of the top three focal points on that team, and he can kind of really hone in on the message that Brad Stevens uses because he knows him so well and he knows what Brad Stevens is trying to get done. I think Brad Stevens might be a little overrated as a coach. You know, he had so much success early, but he you know, kind of hit that stall point. Next year for the Celtics, whether Kyrie is there or not, is a huge breaking point. I don't know that the nostalgia of the Lakers and the Celtics name, this might be a hot take, I don't know that that's the biggest draw anymore. Lakers and Celtics were two heated rivals, sure. especially in the 80s, and you these storied franchises that you think all these free agents, when they have when those teams have cap space, they want to go to those teams. Not so much anymore. No, but I think that the Knicks and Brooklyn, both Neat. bottom dwellers, you know, the, yeah. yeah, it is the New York media, but I think that they are going to have realistic shots of getting Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Zion's probably going to go there. Uh, Let's be honest. Zion's going to get the frozen card, and it's going to go to the Knicks or the Lakers. With with our luck as NBA fans, that's what's going to happen. Saying it without saying it, the top pick's probably going to go to the Knicks. Yes. 
saying what everybody thinks about with the draft lottery without saying it. It'll probably go to the Knicks. Probably. I guess transitioning, speaking of New York and Cleveland ties, of course Odell Beckham was traded here, and the big conversations have been with Odell Beckham, and I'm getting really annoyed by this at this point. Oh, why is he not at volunteer workouts? There's o- there's more OTAs next week. Everybody's going to be asking the question, will he show up or will he be at some sort of concert like Coachella or be at the Met Gala? Will he be here? Did you did you see what he wore? Yeah, the cutoff. The, yeah. Basically the... Uh, um, well, the cutoff and the kilt. Like, yeah. I didn't have a problem with the cutoff. I thought the cutoff was kind of cool. It was, it was Rick Vonat. It was, yeah, it was his wild thing. Right. I don't think that's what he was intending on doing. But someone put pictures side by side. And it, it was like, cool. It was yeah. pretty, pretty I, I like it, but then the kilt. I mean, I I got nothing against people wearing skirts, but that was a little that was a little out there. Fashion is not my area of expertise. That's fair, fair enough. So, and it's the Met Gala, and I, I and more power I think to the them. theme was some sort of like extravagant thing, or they you wanted to be extra or wild and crazy. I don't hey, know. I if if Odell starts scoring touchdowns and gets us to the Super Bowl and we win yeah. it, I'll wear a kilt. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, go right ahead. You mark that down. What is today? May tenth, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. If we win the Super Bowl, I will wear a kilt. No matter what other people think, and I'm not even going to go into this conversation yep. right now. But no matter what other people think out there, Browns fan base is worldwide. And if you help the team win, if you help the Browns be a successful team, whatever you wear, whatever you do, we will follow. You and I, we do the bless them from Jarvis Landry because he helped change the culture. Catching touchdowns, being a leader on this team, uh, use bless them in coaching. We will adapt anything that these players do and put it into our daily lives. So you may may see Paulus or myself wearing a kilt if uh, if Odell Beckham gets in that end zone. We win the Super Bowl. You're just going to see everybody wearing that. Everyone will. Everybody will be dressed like that. I'll wear the tuxedo shirt. Yeah? Yeah. Just cut off the sleeves sleeves on it? Yeah. So do you you really want to go into – do you are you questioning whether he's going to be here next week? Or are you just not even focused on? I don't it? think it, I'm not focused on it honestly. <laughs> like I think that we're still too far away to you know from the mandatory mm-hmm. you know aspects of it, which I believe is June 4th is the mandatory time frame that he has to show up for it. I got no issues with him not coming in. It's voluntary. It's in the CBA yeah. agreements. People just get over it. I I get it. There's nothing to talk about right now. There's it's that dead point in the sports year wherever. Which Baseball's just sooner. sort of drag. We've hit it sooner. We've hit it sooner because we're, used we're not to be in the playoffs. Exactly, we're used to being in you know the uh, the playoffs for the Cavs. So yeah, that definitely has killed it a little bit uh, for uh, you know for the media out there. But I don't think that we have to focus in on that. What I would kind of like to talk about is actually Tim you know Tim Goff's mm-hmm. uh, you know question is in what did you think of Odell saying that he wants the Browns to become the next Patriots I th- I took it I interpreted it just like how he tried to explain it through Instagram a couple days ago through his story where he was basically saying if you don't aspire to be great then what are you doing we're not here collecting paychecks right he's never he knows he's never been a part of the Patriots organization he doesn't know how they've kind of established it but he wants to be great he wants the team he is playing for to be great he said he's going to be here you know he's going to be here the next five years and he wants to turn the Browns and the Patriots basically the team that everybody is chasing to win 
the AFC and go represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. However, they have to do that. He also said he understands the amount of work that has to go in. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't react to it the way that everybody else did, like, oh, he wants to be exactly like the Patriots. No, he wants to he wants to get to the level that the Patriots have, where the conversation of how Tom Brady doesn't go to voluntary workouts doesn't really come up, but it does with Odell Beckham. Guess what? Tom Brady has earned the right to not have to go to or be questioned about going to voluntary workouts. That's just the reality of the situation. Odell Beckham, while he is a talented wide receiver, him and this Browns team, while they look good on paper, haven't done anything. And he knows and he is willing to put in that work and he's willing to get this team to put in the work that it's going to take to get to that level. I had no issue with it. Did you have an issue with it? Absolutely not. Because I exactly what you just described, I think that he was looking at it from the standpoint of he's not saying we're going to go out and win the next five Super Bowls. No. He doesn't even say that we're going to be in the Super, you know, yeah. you know win multiple Super Bowls or, or anything like that. He didn't go into great detail about it. He wants to put the greatest show out there and he's going to do everything he possibly can do in order to get us to where we need to be in order to win a title. I think that's exactly what he was, you know, thinking whenever he said that. I got a couple of problems with people like Peter Schrager from uh, Good Morning Football. Mm-hmm. Love the show. Yeah. I am good stuff. That's good that's good TV. I'm super good information, good you know, fun great, on there. Absolutely. A little rant right here, mini rant. I'm super pissed at AT&T because AT&T canceled NFL Network. Oh the worst. Uh, I turned it on one day and it wasn't there. I'm like, what the hell? So I catch as many things as possible on their Twitter account mm-hmm. because they post a lot of videos yeah. you know, of their that, segments and everything. That's how there. I keep track because I'm how, always off to work early in the morning. So. Sure. Well, there was yeah, they, they did the segment on mm-hmm. what did you think of Odell Beckham's comments and I love Nate Burleson. He's, he's always on Odell's side. He's always on the Brown side. I love him for it. But he felt, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they could definitely make a couple of Super Bowls. The Patriots were awful before you know Robert Kraft got there, and then Bill Belichick. They they just didn't do anything great. I mean, yeah, they made a Super Bowl in 1996, but they were terrible ever since then. Yep. That all being said, Peter Schrager then comes on and goes, "Yeah, well, why don't you go and beat the Bengals twice? You know, worry about doing that." They did beat the Bengals, dude. We did beat the Bengals twice. I get it. Schrager has more knowledge about football, you know, than I will ever have. But, dude, come on, man. You can't throw us a bone. You can't be like, hey, he makes a good point. You know, they could. Theoretically, someone could win the Super Bowl for the next 10 years in a row. Why not us? Hashtag why not us. Why not us? I mean, that, and that's the, that's the mentality this team needs to needs to take. Why not us? You need to look each, look each other in the eye and look at yourself in the mirror every day and realize and understand and ask yourself, what can I do better? today to get this team to the point that on paper we are destined to be. If I don't put this work in, then we're not getting to that point. If this wide receiver group doesn't put the work in, we're not getting to the point we need, we should be getting to. If the quarterback room is not in sync, we are not getting to the point we need to. If the coaching staff isn't on the same page, I could go on and on and on down the list. This has to be a team. You can say we're winning the Super Bowl all you want. Greedy Williams, Hollywood Higgins, he was congratulating Demarius Randall for graduating college yesterday. 
and said, now let's go win the Super Bowl. Hollywood Higgins adding to the to the list of players that have done that. I have no problem with not being afraid of the, of the words Super Bowl here in Cleveland. What I will have a problem with is if you just talk it but can't walk it. Which we know Odell can walk right. it. That will be the criticism that would be warranted if when he is here and everybody is together for mini camp, training camp, through the season, if, you, if we figure out you are not putting in the work and you are becoming oh, we'll find out. No matter who it is, if you are a problem and a cog in the wheel of trying to get to the Super Bowl, criticism will be well warranted. Mini rant for myself, those that are complaining about Odell Beckham not being here for voluntary workouts, whether you think he... Whether you think it's voluntary, you come on down on that side, on Odell's side, that it's voluntary, he doesn't need to be here, or you come down the side that he should be here because it's a new team, he should want to be here even when it's and volunteer his time to be here and learn his teammates. Just stop it all. I'm, I know we're trying to fill dead space and what we need to talk about. You are trying to develop a narrative that he's going to do what he's going to do. Just let it go, and let's actually talk about when we see what's going on with this team, let's talk about those things. Again, I get it. We are on the media side now. We are trying to get into We don't want to look like fanboys, but at the same time, we want to bring reality to the situation. And whenever something in a freaking contract says voluntary, I don't care who you are. The way that I put it out there was if your boss came and told you, hey, by the way, Nick, um, could you come in on Saturday? We're not going to pay you anything extra. And... I don't care if you do come in or not. I'm just asking you, do you want to come in? No. No, No. I'm sorry. You're you're not going to pay me anything extra. You don't care if I show up or not. I'm going to pass. I got better things to do on my Saturday and Sunday. That's Odell's mindset, too, as it should be everyone's. You shouldn't be going in somewhere and not getting credit for doing something extra that in in the whole grand scheme of things doesn't freaking matter. Right. And in the reality of the whole thing is there are pros and cons to both sides of whether you say he should be here or he shouldn't be here. Guess what? What I want to see is I want to see Odell being Odell. I want to see Baker being Baker. I want to see Jarvis being Jarvis. I and that's what Freddie Kitchens seems like the coach he is. He is and going Freddie to make Freddie believes in these guys yeah. that they're going to be themselves and they're not going to go out playboying or doing anything stupid. And he's going to use them being them finding a way to mesh that into a team atmosphere, a team culture, knowing that everybody needs to hold each other accountable, but you get to be yourself and I want a genuine team. That is what we do here on this podcast too. We had that conversation this week leading into it. We are trying to be genuine and bring reality to it. That's what the Browns are going to be and that's the only thing I care about. I I care about genuine players coming together for a common goal to bring this football town back to where it belongs at the top of the NFL. You start winning, it's contagious. 
is contagious. And you bless them out here. You bless them. You bless them out here. But that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Voice of Land podcast, the Rajay Davis episode. I know we didn't get into Indians talk, but we didn't. But that was probably one of the best home runs this is I've a, ever seen. A special episode, a special moment leads to a special episode in honor of that, that special moment. I, that is one of the highlights. I will always remember where I was when you saw a home run. I know the game didn't end the way we wanted it to, but the impact that a guy like Rajay Davis had in his year, two years that he was here in Cleveland, just shows you the type of player he was. So, for Nick Paulus, I'm Kevin Arnold, and we will want to remind all you sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And to all our fans, we love you 3,000. We'll see you next week.